24 and 8 says, Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. You're standing under an open heaven. You're getting ready to experience the best season of your life.
All right. Good afternoon. Again, all praises to God and to all of you that are with us on the day. This is the day that the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, again, all praises to God and to all of you. Uh, we thank God again for keeping us even yet on this. It's amazing how in a matter of seven days the weather's changed. Well, we know it can change in a drop of a dime or a drop of a penny or whatever you say. But we are thankful to God again that he has blessed us with this day. Uh, to all of you, again, a quick shout out to our listeners uh, in Washington, Kansas, Mississippi, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Texas, California, uh, one of, where one of our virtual members, her daughter, graduated from school. So kudos to you. Sister Riri, again, we congratulate you. Uh, we've got listeners in North and South Carolina, uh, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we've got listeners in Georgia, in Florida. Uh, we've got listeners in Thailand. Got listeners in the state of Michigan, Bay City, Midland, Flint, uh, Pontiac, Detroit, Portage, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Battle Creek, Kalamazoo. Uh, to our listeners right here in the city of Saginaw, we again, we thank God for you. And seeing that most of our members aren't here today, we are thankful to you who are still tuning in to our listeners right here in the house. We thank God for you. To our conference call listeners, thank God again for you. We're so excited to be back in the house of the Lord. This is called Midweek Push um, or Bible Study. It's midweek because it gives us the energy the drive, the push, the momentum to push our way to Sunday. Um, and that's why we do what we do. So, again, we're thankful to God for all of you. A couple of quick FYIs. Uh, those of you, we did say this this past week, but, again, Wolverine State Congress is in session as we speak. They just started in the Zoom classes. Uh, on tomorrow night, it is the final class. Um, one of those is a workshop that I'll be teaching on technology in the church. I don't know what the other one is. You can see it on the screen there. Uh, but again, we certainly invite you, if you want to be a part of that, feel free to join in. Reach out to Trinell in the office so that, again, he uh, can get you connected. That's number one. This upcoming weekend, uh, this upcoming weekend, uh, the Women of Worship will be doing Operations Dry Bottoms. Again, that is our mission. It is mission work. All right. Uh, mission is about doing stuff. And so that's what we're doing. Dry Bottoms is mission. It is us in the field helping people that are less fortunate. Okay. The community garden that we have, it is mission work going on. And if you want to do mission work that feed people, it starts right here in our own backyard. All right. So I want to make sure you're aware of that. Uh, on June the 4th, on June the 4th, uh, there will be a teacher summit. It is hybrid, meaning that you can tune in via Zoom. It's going to be in Pontiac. Uh, you can see the information. I will promise you that I will get the subjects that will be taught so that I can make you aware of those on Sunday. Okay? June 4th at 9 a.m. If you're not registered with the church, it's $25. If you are a member of our church, there is no cost. All you simply got to do is tune in via Zoom, okay? During the month of June, there's a lot of things going on, all right? Let me, can I just backtrack for a minute? May the 31st, May the 31st, 
May the 31st, we will be having uh, what we call our uh, official opening of the Dr. Rufus Bradley Senior Mission in the City Park. It's going to be from 5 until 7.30. 5 to 7.30. Um, during that time, we're going to give away uh, an Xbox. We're giving away a flat screen TV. We're giving away adult and children bikes. Uh, we're going to be giving away gift cards. We're going to be doing, I believe, HIV testing. Um, again, compliments to Great Lakes Bay Health Centers. Um, and we're going to try to recruit some others. But there again, you don't want to miss it. Um, it's going to be a great day. So we're excited to have that going on. You don't want to miss it. I think we're doing uh, some hot dogs and Raymond noodles. And you can just kind of mix them together and have a good little dinner uh, for the night. Um, if you don't mind mixing those things up. So, again, once you be aware of that, uh, in the month of June, uh, we've got a number of things going on. Father's Day is coming up in June. Uh, we want you to be aware of that. Uh, the, the National Baptist Congress of Christian Education is going on in June. The Pastor and Wife's anniversary is the last Sunday in June. The Brotherhood will be meeting for the first time the weekend of Father's Day. That Saturday, we will meet for about an hour and a half to officially connect and do the things that we need to do. Our transportation ministry will be up and operational in June. It is our hope at this time to have the youth church and the nursery up and operational Mid to late June, that is our game plan, all right? Just so you kind of know where we're going. And obviously in July, we will come back together for a state of stewardship meeting. So, you know, we do two state of stewardship meetings a year, one in July and one in December. We want to just kind of give you an update on where we stand with everything and moving forward to the last part of the year. Um, so those are some of the things that we're working on. Again, let me just officially say to all of you, we are still doing work around the building, uh, trying to make sure that we continue to improve. We've got some exterior work going on. We've got some interior work going on. And we're doing that because we still have a lot of work to do. Uh, we got sidewalks that need to be repaired. We got a building that needs to be painted. We've need, we got a sprinkler system that needs to be put in. Um, and when you start counting up the dollars for all that right there by itself, I mean, just in those three, you're at about $25,000 right there by itself. So there's always work that needs to be done. That's why your giving is so critical, so that we can do those things, uh, again, to keep this ministry being a five-star ministry. Now, some of you might be saying, but Reverend, I can paint. Okay, fine. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'd love to have you come paint. Something, but not the church. All right? All right. So Sister Deborah Henry's already made it clear she don't want nobody messing the building up with your particular type of painting. So stuff like that, you know, we want to do that five-star. Uh, there again, we want more paint on the building, less on the ground and the rocks. All right? So we got some work that needs to be done. I just want you to know, you know, there's always stuff going on, and you need to know that at all times. Don't think because you aren't seeing we aren't saying anything that there isn't things that need to be done because there is. There's always work 
that needs to be done. So again, keep praying for us as we move forward. Uh, I, I want to remind everybody, Sister Blanche Williams, if you're connected, please remind me in the chat uh, what I was supposed to say about the prayer ministry. Other than that, I think you said you will be meeting, Sister Mac Wright, you're going to be meeting this weekend, the prayer ministry. The prayer ministry will be meeting this weekend, and they will be meeting for about an hour or two praying. Um, and so, Sister Blanche Williams, if that's incorrect, please uh, inbox so I'll know the correct information. I walked out without the notes. And so, uh, again, if you could help me with that, that would be great. I would appreciate that. Okay? All right. So, hey, that's where we stand. Excuse me. All right. Speaking of sneezing, um, those of you that have not gotten your your second booster, your second booster, I want to remind you, uh, if you're 50 and above, uh, they are recommending that you get a second booster. Um, Rite Aid on State Street, is that Rite Aid on State Street right there in the Greenacres Plaza? You can go in there, as long as you don't go between one and two, you can just walk in. Otherwise, you've got to do an appointment online. The same way with Walgreens. Um, you can do that. Sis Mac Wright, didn't you share with us that you could go to Sam's Club and get a shot? Okay, just walk in. Okay, so those are a couple places that you can get your shots. If you're 50 and above, uh, COVID is rising on all four corners of the United States. So be aware of that. Speaking of that, I got a text message uh, just the other day that the federal government is giving eight self-COVID tests per household again. So if you need to order more COVID tests, you need to go online and you can order them and they will send them directly to you. Okay? They'll send them directly to you. We still have masks available. Uh, they are the kind that a lot of ladies have said they don't want because it's going to mess up their hairdo because you got to pull it all the way over. So, uh, brothers, if you want them, we still do have them. want you to be aware of that as we go forward. Brothers, don't forget, uh, and let me just again thank all the brothers that stood up on Sunday and got your book, Kingdom Men Rising. We ran out of books Sunday. So we ordered some more. We expect them to be here next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. All right. We ordered some more. They will be in next Wednesday, chapter number one. Read it so that when we come together in June, we're ready to move forward on this book. All right. Uh, every woman wants a kingdom man. All right. A kingdom man that's sold out for God. And every kingdom man wants a queen. All right. And so there again, we know we all got to work at being both. All right. At the end of the day. OK, so keep praying for the sick and shut in. Uh, remember, again, Sister Blanche Williams, they had death in the family on last week. Again, remember them. Sister Tanya Stewart had a loved one pass away last week. And that funeral is. Do we miss it? It is the 27th. So, again, we'll be praying for the Stewart family. Um, as they deal with that, as far as I know, we've got one graduate, and that's Brother Anthony Land. Uh, so again, we will be acknowledging him. What we generally do, FYI, generally Father's Day weekend, 
We generally do our celebration, our student achievement celebration and graduation during the life development hour. We acknowledge all of the graduates. Uh, you know, if you got an A, if you got a B, if you got a sports award, whatever it is, we acknowledge you during that program. Okay? All right. So that's where we stand at this point. Again, if I've forgotten something, charge it to my head, not my heart. You know, we try to do everything we can to keep you in a loop so you know what's going on. So today, we're embarking on another great series, Sister Campbell. We're embarking on another great series. It's called the Walking by Faith series. Listen at the title. Being stretched by God to strengthen my faith. Being stretched by God to strengthen my faith. You know, one of the things that I think is important, and I want to just give you one scripture as the backdrop. We've got tons of scriptures. We want, we're not going to expose them all today. But I want to give you at least one scripture to look at. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. And while you're trying to get that, I am flankered by two of the world's greatest, foremost theologians par excellence and the person of Deacon Carlos Stewart. And, again, Deacon James R. York. R. York. All right? All right. So, again, we thank God for all of you. Keep praying for our elderly. Keep praying for the sick and shut in. All right? Let me throw one more note out there before I read this scripture. In the last seven days, in the last seven days across the country, there's been two major shootings, one in Buffalo where a person, an individual, intentionally went into an all-black area and gunned down 10 to 11, I think it was a total of 13, but I think 10 or 11 were killed when they were shot. The second one took place in an Asian church, I believe it's out in California, uh, where an individual went in, and the assumption was that he was one of the workers because he was locking the doors. What they didn't know is he was locking the doors so nobody can get out. And he had Molotov cocktails at every door. So let me say this to you, New Life, just so you're aware of how we do things here. You can expect um, as early as Sunday that our security regiment is going to change. Okay, it's going to be a little bit of an inconvenience because they'll, we're going to change the doors that you can come in, which means you're going to have to do a little bit more walking and you got to be a little bit more patient knocking on doors. But understand, it is now our opportunity to respond and respond expeditiously. So our security regimen is going to change. Don't be mad if you knock on doors and nobody opens them. We're already telling you in advance this is going to be the new regiment. Um, it is our hope Sunday or by Friday I can share that regiment with you. What I will say to you, however, is the thing that you hear all across the country. If you see something, say something. If somebody looks unfamiliar in the parking lot, if you see somebody in the foyer, if you see somebody walking around that looks out of order, say something. Don't assume that they are part of. 
Okay? By the same token, I will say to you, don't open doors. Even if you hear somebody knocking, don't open doors. Our security detail will handle that. Everything that we're doing is designed to keep us safe. Okay? Now, I will always share with you, I've said this before, I said it several years ago, and I always want to remind you that we do have what we call church marshals. There are people that have been authorized within our facility to carry a concealed weapon in the event of. Okay? Now, you don't need to know who they are because that ain't none of your business. What you need to know is that they're designed to protect us. So even though you see security, understand there's another layer just as well. Okay? All right. I want you to know our, we only have your best interests at heart. And I want you to be always reassured when you come that we're going to do everything we can to protect you while you're here. Okay? All right. All right. Sister Stewart, you want to sing a song now? You good? You good? Okay. All right. All right. So listen at this verse. All right? Or maybe Brother Fincher's might by the end of the lesson on the day. All right. So think about this verse. All right? Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number six, Deacon York, you seem like you, you itching to read that, so go ahead and read it for him. <laughs> Hebrew 11 and 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Mm. For he had come to God, must believe that he is, uh -huh. and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All right. Now, I don't want you to miss the B part of the text, because the B part of the text says, but without faith. That means you have none. It is impossible to please him, and him is relative to God. All right? You must believe that he is, and if to, to acknowledge him means you acknowledge his power. You acknowledge his deity. You acknowledge his omnipresence. You acknowledge his omnipotence. You acknowledge his omniscience. You acknowledge his immutability. You acknowledge all of the above. Immutability means he does not change. Omniscience means he knows everything actual and possible. Omnipotent means he has all power in his hand. All right? Omnipresent means he's here, there, and everywhere at the same time. That is God. All right? And so for us, Sister Shirley York, we, we acknowledge that God is. And I like the word God is because whatever you need God to be, he is. When Moses was afraid, and you'll see us talking about Moses somewhere in the outline, Moses said, look, God, okay, you sending me back right down there. You do know I'm a wanted man, don't you? You know Pharaoh got a bounty on my head. He said, I'm going back down. They say, well, well who should I tell him send me? He said, tell him, tell him I am sent you. I am water in a dry place. I am bread in a starving land. Oh, I am bread. Uh, I, am, I am water in dry places. I am a bridge over troubled water. And God says, tell him that I am. So whatever you need God to be, he is. And that's what we have to see. All right? So that's kind of our backdrop. Now, I don't think Deacon um, Roscoe can put this on the screen but it would certainly be a very eye-catching statement for us to start. Um, if I can, uh, I, I want to just lift it. Maybe you can see it from where you are. Maybe you can't. But what I want you to notice is it says today, 
Stretch yourself beyond what you think is possible. Now, what's what's, what I want you to see is the visual. And on the visual, and it looks like you can see it. On the visual, it, it's amazing to see an elephant climbing a tree that's bending but is not breaking. The element believes, the elephant believes, literally, and you can see it, that he can climb this tree. It goes against the odds. Here's an element, an elephant that weighs more than a tree. And even though the tree is bending, he is still making the initial effort to climb the top of the tree. Now, that's what you call faith. All right. Can I give you another subliminal for you to think about? It's amazing to me that when you see birds literally at the very top of the tree and they're on this very skimpy uh, limb, and people say, don't that bird think he's going to... See, the bird's confidence is not in the limb. The bird's confidence is in the fact that he can fly. All right? His confidence is not in the limb. He knows that at any given moment, even if the limb breaks, he got wings that can take him where he is. All right? And that's what faith is. His faith is not in the limb. His faith is in the fact that he's got wings that got him there. And those wings... Y'all ain't hearing a word I'm saying. So the wings can take him or can help him wherever he wants to be. That's what I call crazy faith. And I want to push everybody at New Life to develop this crazy faith. Peter had a crazy faith. One day out there on the water, never walked on water before, but had to be crazy when Jesus said, get out the boat, and he got out the boat. All right. That's what you call a crazy faith. And so we've got to develop a crazy faith. So I've got some thoughts, some some quotes I want to throw out. Won't read them all today because we want to get into this. We didn't already stir the gumbo. We didn't add some shrimp. We didn't add some uh, sausages. Uh, we got some other stuff we want to add, Sister, Sister, Sister Campbell. We want to add to this this uh, this uh, gumbo, but we won't add it all. Not tonight. So so what I want to do. Uh, there again, I want to give you a couple thoughts for you to look at, uh, 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 if you will, and, and I'll get our deacons to help us with this, uh, and just have Deacon uh, Stewart, uh, Deacon Stewart is going to read number one for us, um, and then I'll have Deacon York read another. Go ahead, Deacon Stewart. All right, number one says, never assumes God's silence is apparent in inactivity, is evidence of his disinterest. With God, even when nothing is happening, something is happening. All right. Did y'all hear that? Never assume God's silence or apparent inactivity is evident of his disinterest. God is concerned about everything involving your life. All right? And then it says, with God, even when nothing is happening, something is happening. <laughs> I love that one there. Okay, e listen, even when you don't think something is happening, something is always happening. All right, I think in your, re read number two for us, all right? Number two says, it is extremely important to Listen at this one now. To recognize that God is never actually late. Mm. His timetable for action is simply different from ours. There you go. And it's usually slower. Mm. All right, see, we, when we get in a crisis, says Henry, we want God yesterday. We don't listen. And here's the reality behind us, says Veda Wesley. We don't like suffering. 
We don't like pain. We don't like discomfort. We don't like to be without money. We don't like to lose no sleep. We don't like being hungry. We don't like folks being on our nerves. We don't like folks being all up on our grill, all up in our business, none of that stuff there. And so when it comes to God, the same human demands we make of each other, we make of God. But see, God is not confined or defined by our timetable. See, sometimes what God likes to do is God likes us to roast a little bit. Right? It, you know, it'd be nice, uh, Sister Deborah, it would be nice if you could put the chicken in the oven for one minute and pull it out and it's done. You know, we got this microwave mindset. God doesn't operate like that. You know, faith is something that God builds. You don't come equipped with it. God builds it. And so what God does is God allows circumstances and situations to build your faith in such a way that it's a growing process. Can you imagine being born? I mean, think about this. Can you imagine being born uh, one day and you grown the next day? Uh, you can't imagine that. I, I can't, you know, it, you know, that's just not the nature of life. Even God took seven days or six days to create the heavens and the earth. All right? So a lot of things we demand of God, Mother Jackson, we're out, we don't understand this, but we're actually out of order because it's not the way that God functions. All right, go ahead, uh, Deacon, Deacon Stewart, read, uh, read number three. Number three says, God is never boxed in by human limitations. Listen at this one now. He has everything under perfect control. I, now, I love that one. Because what, remember now, what limit, remember now, God says, he says, behold, I'm the God of all flesh. And then he says, is there anything too hard for me? So, says Mac Wright, if there's nothing too hard for your God, why don't you trust your God like that? I mean, think about the question I'm saying now. We talk about our God can do anything but fail, but why is it that your faith fails when you need something or you're in a crisis situation? But, Raz, I mean, it's amazing. You know, God has every, nothing. Let me make sure you get this now, says Roz. Nothing is ever out of control to a God that controls the universe. All right? I mean, think about this. How could God step out on nothing and say, okay, light come? And say this. And say, okay, I need some fish. Okay, I need this. I need the water. I need this. Do you think if God can do that and everything is still complying with the will of God, that God would let your life be out of control? I don't think so. Now, to us, it appears that way because we're looking humanistically. But to God, who is Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, God is never out of control because God controls everything. All right? All right, read number four, uh, Deacon, Deacon York. Number four. Satan wants us, wants you to give up on God, was one who seems to have lost control of your circumstance. Hmm. But I urge you not to leave the Satan of his protection, the captain. God knows what he's doing. There you go. All right. And I, I get it. I, I get it that at some time, Jada, at the end of the day, sometimes life appears to be spiraling out of control. The, here's the reality. Um, there is nothing in this life we can control. Nothing. You can't control your own life. Huh? I, I mean, the Bible says this. He said you can't even add one scintilla, one second to your own life. 
You can't even add one more breath of air to your life. You're going to only breathe as much as God designed your body to breathe. Okay? You're only going to grow so much hair on your head, and then that's it. The rest of it just has got to be fake or whatever it is. The point I'm getting at, Sister McWright, is God, there again, Satan wants you to give up on God, you know, because he wants it to look like, okay, God is not in charge. Well, that's humanistically. We've got to understand God is never not in charge. All right? I know that's a double negative, but you got to get the gist of it. God is always in control. All right? Always in control. And that's what we have to understand. So we got a bunch of quotes we're not going to deal with a lot on tonight. I want to just try to move us, uh, if you're following along with us. Well, let me give you one more. Uh, 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 Ding York, uh, number 16. Uh, I, I think it's good to give them number 16. Yeah. Number 16. Faith is like Wi-Fi. It is invisible, but it has the power to connect you with whatever you need. Mm. Y'all, did y'all hear that one? Faith is like Wi-Fi. It's invisible, but it has the power to connect you to what you need. All right? And I think it's critical for us to understand that. You don't see God, but you know he exists. I can feel him. You know, as my dad and mom used to say, I can feel him on the main altar of my heart. All right? You know, sometimes, and you know the presence of God, says Meg, right? Because sometimes you can be reading, and the Holy Spirit will make them, them hairs stand up on the back of your neck. You get them goosebumps like, Lord, have mercy. And I know his presence is there. I know his power is there because I feel like sometimes when I'm reading, I, like, I feel like I'm literally right there in this text when I'm reading it. Okay, God takes the, the words and make them live in my spirit. Okay, I can hear God talking. All right, I can hear his voice talking. So I like that. So the question becomes then, you know, at the end of the day, if you follow on page number three or somewhere in that area, what, what is faith? Um, and, and I think it's critical for us to understand it. But before I do that, let me just kind of give us what I call a, a, um, a document to walk into this. And here's what I believe, Sister, Sister Campbell. Faith, at the end of the day, I believe this, it is all we need and are asked to have. But why do we often struggle with it? God only, God give us one directive, have faith in God. And But the question becomes, Brother Raz, why do we struggle with the one thing that God told us to always have? It's amazing, all right? Even more so, I go a step further, why can't we act according to the faith that we have? I mean, think about that. Uh, at the end of the day, this is mixing, at the end of the day, we say we got faith, but think about this now. Um, it's amazing to me, Deacon Stewart, that we claim we got faith, and, and sometimes we have it, and sometimes we don't. Does that make sense? Sometimes we have faith when we need it, and sometimes when we got chaotic, uh, pandemonium, bedlam, crisis, 911 situation, we ain't got no faith. I mean, think about that. And so, the, you know, it, these are some simple questions, and yet at the same day, at the same time, the range of responses can be so numerous. So, uh, again, I ask the question, why can't we be faithful in one situation, listen at this, and faithless in another situation? What, what happened to your faith? Jesus had to, he had to check his boys a couple times. <laughs> Brother Rash said, wait a minute. He said, oh, ye of little faith. That's, the, you know, I, 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 you know if, if he had said that to me, I would have wished there was a little hole in the boat so I can just sliver out that little hole. 
Oh, yeah, little faith. He's making a humongous statement. I thought y'all claimed y'all had faith. All right. And so for me, you know, these are questions. Uh, these are all questions we intend to ex examine and attempt to help believers take a real hard look at their faith and seek ways to strengthen it. Let me say this to you. Um, stretching does not feel comfortable. All right. Sometimes stretching does not feel comfortable. Because in order to stretch your faith, God has to put you in uncomfortable situations. Make sense? He has to put you in uncomfortable situations so that he can stretch your faith. Now, watch this now. God takes you out of comfortable situations. Listen at this phrase. Dean Stewart, God puts you in uncomfortable situations so you can become comfortable. Uncomfortable. Let me say it again. Let me see if you get it. God puts you in uncomfortable situations so you become comfortable being uncomfortable. All right? That makes sense? Making sense now? Because at the end of the day, remember now, anything other than that, you're not relying on God. You're relying on yourself. God wants you to be uncomfortable, but you're always in his hands. That, that's pretty much what I just said. So, so for us, I, I, you know, I hope we will keep reminding ourselves, you know, Lord, I, I don't have a problem being I don't mind being a water walker because it's not up to me to make the water hold me. It's up to you. That, that's what happened. That's what happened to Peter. Say, look, come on out there. Lord, since it's you, bid me to come. Jesus used one word, come. And that one word, everything he needed to happen for Peter to walk, it happened just like that. When Jesus said, come, the water stood still. Peter got up and walked on it like it was plush carpet. Now, what killed Peter in that story, Sister Layla, uh, a birthday lady, uh, what killed Peter was the fact that Peter started looking around at other stuff. Okay? And when you take your, the Bible says looking under Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, Peter took his eyes off the prize. And sometimes when you take your, situ, take your eyes off the Savior and put them on your situation, you're going to always fall. When you take your eyes and put them on your circumstances and putting them on Christ, you're going to always fall. All right? So the question becomes, Dean York and, and Dean Stewart, you can just kind of chime in because you got the narrative um, if you will, um, you know, the Bible gives us a clear definition of faith. All right. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number one. And Deacon York, it looked like you got that. So I'll let you, you talk and then I'll let Deacon uh, Stewart kind of elaborate on what you're going to say. Go ahead. Okay. Hebrew uh, chapter 11, verse one, say, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the confidence of things not seen. All right. So so if we look at this, uh, simply put, uh, Deacon Stewart, uh, the biblical definition of faith is what, in your opinion? Uh, the biblical definition of faith is just simply trusted in something that we can't um, can't explain. OK. You know, at the end of it, I can't explain it. All right. And we let me look. I mean, have you flown on a plane before? Says Deborah, OK, I'm getting ready to say, I know you didn't flew on a plane a couple of times. Yeah. Almost everybody here has flown, uh, but let's look at it like this. Um, 
How is it that a plane can travel on a, on a, on a tarmac and get up to like 150, 200 miles an hour and then just eventually get up in the air? That weighs several tons. It's, we call it a metal bird, a metal bird. How is it that it can get up there and stay up there with all them people? You know, how is it that even when it's up there in the air and it flows on turbulence, that it can go even higher and not be in a turbulence anymore? And I say this, I use this example all the time, Brother Raz. When you get on a plane, most of the time you don't even see the captain. All right? And if he is, he may just greet you, but you don't say, hey, um, um, can I see your credentials? Um, how many flight hours have you had? How many planes have you flown? Is this your first time? You, did you get enough rest last night? Um, you know, is this your third tour? I mean, how many times have you been up this morning? I mean, we never ask them questions. We just assume, right? That's the pilot. I mean, he's going to drive the plane. And think about what I'm saying. You, you're going to drive the plane. You ain't driving the plane. You're actually flying the plane. I mean, think about that. You ain't driving no plane. You're flying it. But think about this. Guy come over the airways and say, hey, you know, uh, attention all of you. Thank you for flying Delta Flight 159. We'll be going to an altitude of 30,000 feet. 30,000 square feet. Okay, flying at a, a thing. And he, notice he never tell us how fast he's going. Have you ever heard the, the pilot tell you how fast it's going? Because it might get some folks a heart attack. I mean, it just might. We're flying at a speed of 500 miles an hour. What did he say? 500? All right. Uh, uh, but notice he never gives that. But notice this now. I've never seen anybody go knock on a cockpit door and say, hey, you're flying too fast. I've never seen anybody do that. All right. Because there is an air of trust there. All right. When you have surgeons that you've never met before, Dr. Jing Jang Pong, that's supposed to be doing this triple bi-heart surgery on you. He comes recommended by your doctor, Dr. Jing Jang Pong from California. He going to come. He out the hood, but his name, Dr. Jing Jang Pong. He going to come operate on you and you don't never check his credentials. You just get on in. They say, OK, now we're going to give you you. We're going to put you to sleep and they tell you to start talking. They put that stuff in. <sighs> he be out like just like that. All right, and next thing you know, you're waking up smiling. All right, notice that you never question because there is a level of faith there. So for us, there are two aspects to faith. All right, one is what we call intellectual assent or agreement. And the word intellectual assent is believing something to be true. It's this way for that's number one. And then the other part of it is trust. And trust is simply relying on the fact that something is true. Believing something is true and, and relying on the fact that something is true. For example, this chair that I'm sitting in. Intellectually, we've been told that this is designed for us to sit on. So therefore, I believe it. I trust that when I sit on this chair, it's going to hold me up. That's the intellectual and that's the trust. All right. When all of you walked in here today... You didn't check to see if them pews would hold you. Just sat down. Because intellectually, pews are designed to do what? Hold you. So you sat down. All right? That's what faith is. And so for us, um, many people believe certain facts about Jesus Christ. Many people will intellectually agree with the facts that the Bible declares about Jesus. Many people don't. All right? Many people don't believe that. As a matter of fact, the Jews don't believe that Jesus even came yet. The Jews are still waiting for the Messiah to come. 
Now, there are some Jews out there, Brother Fentress, Dean Roscoe, they call Jews for Jesus. And they actually believe that Jesus has come, that he was uh, here, that he died, he was buried, and rose again. Many of them don't. All right? But for us, understand you need both of those, the intellectual ascent and trust, to actually work for you to have what we call faith. That's what it boils down to. You know, believe me, I, look, I wasn't there 2,500 years ago when they say Jesus came. But I believe it. All right? Because faith without works is dead. My actions demonstrate I believe Jesus came. So what do you mean my action believe? Well, Jesus said, be holy. Now, if I didn't believe in Jesus, I wouldn't be trying to be holy. All right? I believe he died. And when he got up out of the grave, he had all power. So everything I face now, I don't worry about it. Because if Jesus said he got all power, I ain't got to worry about nothing. Jesus is going to take care of me. That's faith with works. I trust that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. All right? Any thoughts on faith, Deacon York? Go ahead. I was talking about faith. The, the farmer always said that, you know, I'm planning on to plant a seed. Yes, sir. Looking for a harvest at the end of the year. Yes, sir. So it is like it is with us that, that we will plant, plant a seed in God, that we trust God, that he's going to help us grow. Yes, sir. Help us enjoy life as, we, as it is. Amen. Amen. Being sure, comment? Faith is also like um, when you put your money in a bank. You know, um, you can open the savings account. Say you want a new car. You open the savings account, and every month or every week, you put you put a certain amount of money in there. Mm -hmm. You believe that, <coughs> that whatever time you saving that money for, that it's gonna be there, that you can go get you another car. Amen. You know, so that's faith. Faith is just, I know I put it there. I know it's gonna be there, and I know it's gonna be there when I. Get Amen. There. That's what Layla doing her birthday money. She putting in the bank so she gets the car. Okay. All right. All right. So so at the end, listen now. Even the demons believe that there is a God. The Bible says even the demons in, in uh, James chapter 2, verse 19, it says, I believe it says, even the demons believe that there is a God and they shudder. That's because they know. So at the end of the day, uh, brothers and sisters, we've got to believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is and that God saves, that God can deliver, that he has all power in his hand. Now, I guarantee you, if I was to take a survey right now, everybody would raise their hand and say, amen, God is reverend who you say. So then my next question would be, well, why is it that you have faith in God in one situation, but not faith in God in another situation? Because that's the question that we ultimately have to answer. Okay, why is it that we trust God one minute and then in the next minute, God ain't moving fast enough and he needs to move when I want him to move? All right, that's the question. So, so the question that I want to I ask um, as we look at this, remember this, why does God want to stretch our faith anyway? What's wrong, with, what's wrong with our faith right now? Well, you know, and, and that's a good question to ask, Dean York, because if our faith was okay, God wouldn't be trying to stretch us. And, and here's the thing we got to understand about faith. Uh, God has given everybody, for the record, I won't deal with the scripture today. You'll see it coming. God has given everyone, listen at this. God has given every one of us a measure of faith. Now, listen at this. And that measure of faith is designed to accomplish everything God has decreed in your life. 
if you operate by that faith, it will accomplish everything God has designed you to accomplish in your life. Your faith is never going to be the same as mine, and mine will never be the same as yours. That's why he calls it a measure of faith. And whatever God, says Jay, has made for me, my faith is going to help me accomplish what God has designed for me. All right? So one of the things that I discovered is that the way God builds our faith uh, is like a muscle that grows after it's stretched. All right? A muscle that grows after it's stretched. Nobody likes to be stretched because, there again, it's kind of a tug of war. Okay? Remember when we were kids and we call ourselves trying to stretch kids? Y'all remember that as a kid? Well, Raz, you didn't do that as a child? Sis Diane, it looked like I know you did that. All right. All right. All right. Now, that didn't feel good. All right. And sometimes kids got hurt. But, but the thing I need to be aware of is, you know, when we're being stretched, God really is forcing you to make a decision. What God wants to do is he wants to force you to make a decision. And the decision uh, oftentimes goes beyond your human comprehension, okay? I'm going to trust God that despite the fact they said I got cancer, I'm going to trust that God's a healer. That's stretching me, all right? All right? That's what God, that's what God wants to do with us. So, so for us, at the end of the day, Dean Stewart, one of the things that God tells us in Scripture, you can help me with this, Romans chapter 7, verse 19 through 21 um, when God is stretching us, it's like a tug of war going on on the inside of us. All right? Matter of fact, go ahead, read those texts for me so we can see what, what he says. Romans 7, 9, 7, 19, 23 says, For the good that I want to do, I do not. I practice the, every, I pra I practice the very evil that I do not want. Hmm. But if I'm doing the very thing that I, that I do not want to do, I am no longer... The one thing, the one doing. Uh-huh. But sin which dwells in me, I find the principle that evil is present in me. The one who wants to do good, who I joyfully concur with the law of God and the inner man, but I see a different hmm. law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, mm. which is my members. And so, you know, in essence, what he's saying is that the battle of faith takes place in the mind. The battle of faith. Should I, shouldn't I? Do I believe? Don't I believe? Will I believe or don't I believe? It, could God really do this? Could God bring me out of this? Could God save me from this? Will God make a way? See, that's a minefield. And if you don't learn how to control that, remember now the Bible says this, but we have the mind of Christ. You've got to have the mind of Christ in everything that we do. You'll never graduate. You'll never move beyond preschool. You'll never move to the kindergarten. You'll never move to first grade. You'll never move to junior high if you don't get a grip of your mind thinking. And understand, Satan loves to play basketball in your mind. That's the playground where he hangs out 24-7. You can have a crazy dream and wake up the next day doubting yourself. Okay? All right? It can happen. And so what you've got to understand at the end of the day, Paul says, every time I desire to do right, evil is present. There's always this war going on for dominance in your mind. 
Am I going to trust God or am I going to doubt God? And since my Gene Gary, what God is telling us, listen at this. And here's what I want you to understand. Um, God is trying to stretch your mind because he knows that change or a challenge is just around the corner in your life. That's important to understand that. But here's the other thing I need us to see as well. Um, if, we stop, if we stop stretching or being stretched, we will stop growing, which means that your faith will become stagnant. Okay, And what you don't ever want to do with a God that can take you places you've never been, do things in your life that would rock your little world, is limit your faith. The Bible says, as it is written, eyes have not seen. All right, says Tibbs, ears have not heard, nor has entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared. Now watch this now. But God has revealed it to us through his spirit, which means that if we really look beyond our humanness, and stay spiritual, we can see some rock-solid, phenomenal things that God wants to do in our lives if we only have faith. All right? When you're not being stretched, you're not growing. Let me say this piece again. Make sure you get it. God takes you out of the comfortable to be uncomfortable so you can be comfortable in the uncomfortable. All right, let me say it again so you can get it, says Sherry Jones. God takes you out of the comfortable into the uncomfortable so you can be, un so you can be comfortable in the uncomfortable. I, listen, I know every day of my life I could wake up tomorrow and there could be a foreclosure on my thing. I could go out there and my car done stopped. I go to the doctor's office tomorrow and the doctor say, I see something that don't look good. I could go to the bank or try to go to the store and get some potato chips and find out that somebody didn't hack my credit card. I'm, a, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable because I know at the end of the day, I am not in my hands. I'm in his hands. No, no matter how dark, no matter how bright, no matter how sunny it is, I'm prepared every day to wake up and find out that my whole world has been rocked. I'm comfortable with that. Because he said, you know, we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. But I know who holds tomorrow in his hand. That makes sense? I don't know what, what's in tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow in his hands. And you got to get to a point where, says Marshall, at the end of the day, says Wafer, you trust God despite what they, I, you know, I found this out. And I could be wrong. Maybe you ain't got this in your family, Deacon York. And y'all can chime in anytime. I, you know, I'm, I'm a Tatum, all right? I come from a Tatum-Jackson family. But I have concluded, says Tia, says Margina Gary, I got some more relatives in my family called They Say. They, they say live with me. They say, they, you know, and all of us got some They Say. You know, and They Say have more influence than what God say. Uh, no, 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 not, not, in, not on my page. We got to get to a point where it doesn't matter what they say because they say will poison your faith in God. All right. And so, you know, at the end of the day, here's some questions for you to ask. OK, here's some questions. I just want to throw this out. Uh, and Dean York, you can help me with this where it says question to consider. Just help me with this. Go, go ahead. See what it says. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. How has. We got some. How God has stretched you. How has God stretched you? Okay. Has God ever stretched you? 
All right. Has God, go ahead, Dean Suit. I know you're just itching to answer that question. Has God ever stretched you? You just look like you can't wait. Ooh, he's like, ooh, I just, I just got to answer that question. Go ahead, Dean, go ahead, Dean Stewart, answer that yes, question. Yes, sir. Yes, God has stretched me plenty of times. He has stretched me. Um, I remember, I remember I was telling you back in the office one time, I remember when um, I argued with my wife because I said we ain't had the money in the bank and you had to get something. I'm fussing and I'm telling God what I'm going to do. Oh, I'm gonna go get this money. I know how I'm gonna get it, you know. And God, like you, when you telling me, I'm like, you ain't got. You said if I give to you, you'll give to me. I didn't give you my money. Got in front of my wife and checked my bank account on speaker so she can hear that we broke. And they, that wasn't the case. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm talking about. Have you ever been stressed digging York? Have you yeah. ever been stressed by God? Yeah, sure. I uh, been stressed because I used to worry a lot, uh, and, and you can't worry and 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 not trust God. You got to always trust God. And the worry is not there no more. So I trust God and I depend on God to do what I need to do. Okay, let me ask, let me just ask our audience. Has have have you ever been stretched by God since Tanya Stewart? Lord have mercy. Uh sister, sister Diane Campbell, you ever been stretched by God? See, that's what sister Deborah Henry, what about you? Okay. Now sister Deborah Henry said it like nonchalant, like yeah, 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 you know. What about you, sis Mac Right? You ever been stretched by God? Okay, so, so uh, Sis Veda Weston, what about you? All right, Sis Veda Weston. Uh, Brother D, you been stretched by God? Uh, look out now. All right, has Tay ever stretched you, D? Is Tay part? Okay, it ain't Tay. Okay, all right. All right, so, so let me ask you a question then, Brother Rans. How did it feel, how did it feel to be stretched by God? How do you think it feel to be stretched by God? Okay, because when you're being stressed, it don't feel good. You know, sometimes, I mean, real talk, it don't feel good. And stress could be like this, says Diane Campbell. Stress can mean you didn't find out today you ain't got no money in the bank, but you got a bill due by Friday. Okay, where am I get this money from? I don't get paid, not this Friday. I don't get paid till the following Friday. Where am I going to get this money from? Now, that's what you call being stretched. And then you go out there to your car and you find out you ain't got about this much gas. And you know you don't get paid till not this Friday, but the next, Lord, I, how am I going to make it? I'm, they they telling me I got to pay this bill. By the, now, that's what you call being stretched. All right? You know, uh, how did you react? Did you panic? Did you get scared? Did you start worrying? Because believe it or not, those are all reactions that believers have had and non-believers. Well, see, non-believers don't know what faith is, so we can't talk about them. All right? That's actions that believe. See, non-believers can't. Let me say it again. This is a double negative, but get it anyway. Non-believers cannot have faith because what do they have faith in? They don't know Jesus Christ. All right. So they don't they don't have faith. They don't understand faith. They have confidence. But confidence is opposite of faith. All right. So so how, how did you react when 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 you were stressed by God, when God was putting you in a situation where you could not depend on yourself, you could not depend on your family, you could not depend on your bank account, you couldn't depend on people in the church, you couldn't depend on other folks. How did it make you feel like, OK, my back is against the wall. Now what I'm going to do? Because I've discovered I could be wrong. Sometimes God will check you by cutting everybody off. Right? He'll make the people that you're going to get money from not have money. Or he'll tie their money up in such a way where they can't get the money when you need it. 
All right. All God trying to do is remind you of Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need. It does not feel good when God is stretching you because you don't know how far God going to stretch you. All right. I can tell you right now, I could be wrong. Don't y'all take this the wrong way. I got a whole bunch of stretch marks. Huh? I got a whole bunch of stretch marks. All right. And I've showed you, you know, several weeks ago, I brought in an example of my stretch marks because remember I brought them, I brought them rubber bands in and I took them from the pulpit to the front door, outside the front door and back up here. And realistically, I still had more in the box. I could have literally taken that rubber band and took it across the street to the house on the next block because God is always stretching our faith. It don't feel good, but when you need your, and so let me get to the gist of that. So the next time I go through a crisis, I've already been stretched beyond the crisis. So when, when they start talking about that my life's going to be, I've been there before. So therefore, I'm not scared anymore. My faith has been stretched beyond this minor crisis. All right. And that's what God wants the church to understand. Our problem, Deacon York, is we want logical faith instead of illogical faith. All right. So what does that mean? Logical faith versus illogical faith. What, what does it mean? Well, uh, you know, Deacon Roscoe, uh, illogical faith or logical faith, if you can help Deacon uh, Deacon. Uh, uh, York with his mic. We don't, we don't have a good volume on his mic. Um, he, I think he's trying to get his voice tuned up for a selection at the end of the service. So he wants the volume up just a little bit more on his mic. Uh, but think about this. Illogical uh, faith is stuff that we can see and rationalize. And whether we want to say amen to this or not, a lot of Christians operate in logical faith. I see it, therefore I believe it. Okay, illogical faith is where I don't have to see it to believe it. I take it at face value. All right. Now, um, if I were to tell you right now, you gonna get a refund of ten thousand dollars, and you ain't did your taxes yet, you say, Reverend, how do you even know that? I ain't even had my taxes done yet. But if I did your taxes and told you getting ten thousand, now you'd be shouting, speaking in tongues, doing everything. All right. You know, and that's the way we operate. We got to get the church to operate with illogical faith, which says, God said it. I don't have to see it, and yet I believe it. That's what it is, all right? So, so let me give you just a couple uh, thoughts here. Uh, uh, Deacon Stewart, come on, give us some concluding remarks. We're going to swap over to Deacon York before we conclude. But this is lining up to be a great piece. That's Remember now. Our theme, our vision is love, grow, serve. The more I love God, I have faith in God. The more I love God, I want to learn more about God. As I learn more about God, my faith develops, and I want to serve him. It's all connected. Go ahead, Deacon Stewart, concluding comments. Um, as we, um, as Christians, as, as we get older and as we mature, we must continue to... Uh, to allow ourselves to be stretched by God. Mm -hmm. To be in situations and, and be aware that God is going to stretch us because being stretched comes um, 
with maturity. Because a lot of us think because we, we are grown, you know what I'm saying, that we have been stretched. But you got to understand that um, getting older is not the same thing as growing up. You know All right. Saying? When you get older, you can still make the same mistakes over and over again, but you, you don't really learn from them. When you grow up and allow God to stretch you and, 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 and learn from every situation that he puts you in, and allow that to mature you as a Christian, that's the part that he loves. That's the growing up part. All right. Dean York? Uh, I think that um, uh, we're talking about being stretched. But uh, I, I know one thing, if God has trusted God to pull me out of stuff before, some major stuff. Uh-huh. So the stuff I'm going through now is a misdemeanor. There yeah. you go. Amen. Amen. Uh, and let me just, hey, let me throw these couple nuggets out there for you to get them. Uh, this is one of our quotes we're talking more about. This is what it says. Faith, it's all about believing. It says, you don't know how it will happen, but you know it will. That's what faith is. I trust God no matter what, despite what I see. Watch this now. Even in my mess, God can turn my mess around. Okay, because God is in a turnaround business. And so we've got to trust God. Even when I mess up, God will still redeem me. It's critical to understand. Here's another one. Watch this now, Brother Raz. Your faith can move mountains, says Henry, and your doubt can create them. Okay, let me say that again so you can get it. Your faith can move mountains, but your, your doubt or your doubts can create them. You know, God ain't going to do nothing. God, you know, my life is not going to change. See, all you're doing is you building mountains but you're, you're minimizing your faith. I got to trust God. Now, let me make sure you get this. You can't tell me you have faith and keep doing things the world's way. At some point, you got to turn it over to God and let God work that thing out for you. All right? Now, let me make sure we get this, Dean York, because it's important to understand this. You, can, you cannot give it to God and put a time limit on God. Right? Am I right about that? I mean, think so. You cannot say, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to give you until Friday to get this straight out. If you don't, that's all right. I'm canceling. I'm, I'm canceling my subscription to you. I'll handle this my own self. Well, first of all, they didn't build Rome overnight. All right? And second, you didn't get in this mess overnight. So oftentimes, remember now, when you pray to God and God gives you your answer, then God is now perfecting you. That's the stretching part. And as I said, look, can I give you a witness real quickly? Remember when God told um, Abraham and Sarah, y'all going to have a kid? It was 20 years later. All right? All right? And, and I'm looking at this from a couple perspectives, Sister, Sister Diane Campbell. I, I'm sure they got real busy real early trying to have that child. <laughs> but even getting busy at times, you can get tired of being busy. Like, man, how many times we got to do I mean, we've been at this like 20, I mean, like 10 years. Man, it was 20 years. So here Adam or here Abraham and Sarah are at 90 years of age. I think she was 80, and y'all can help me with this, having children. Okay? Now, God promised this child 20 years earlier. And sometimes God takes us through a process to build our faith, stretching us. Okay? Um, I said, I said this past week, remember Noah, Noah, God told Noah to build this ark. He worked on that ark between 50 and 75 years. Can you imagine people walking by that every day saying, man, that dude ain't doing it, but wasting no wood. It ain't raining around yet. 
between 50 and 75 years, he would, I'm sure they certified him crazy. Okay? And I'm sure he got tired. Why are you building that? Because the Lord said it's going to rain. All right? And so for us, I need you to understand, the first thing you could do is trust God no matter what. Now, let me go a step further. Trust means also altering your actions to fit your faith and trust in God. Okay? God, I'm in a situation. I, I need to get this paid. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust you. So now I'm looking for God to do a miracle. All right? Now, that don't mean I'm going to go out there and try to do something that I shouldn't do. What it simply means is I'm going to trust God. I'm going to be listening because, remember now, we need to learn how to move at God's command. So what does that mean? I got to trust God. Now, in order to have faith, you got to know God's voice. All right? And sometimes our confusion is sometimes we play tricks on ourselves. Our mind will make us think God is talking, but it's really our mind. Right? Anybody had your mind talk to you? Huh? Because your mind will play tricks. Oh, man, I, this ain't going to get no better. Oh, man, you know, I, you know, I'm striking out again. Oh, man. No, no, no. No, first of all, you know, oh, man, you know what? You know, I, this is just me, man. Every time I touch something, it get jacked up. God said, but you fearfully and wonderfully made. You the head and not the tail. When you start embracing that, you can do all things to Christ who gives you the strength. Your heavenly Father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. No weapon. When you start actually taking God at his word and acting like that, that's when you're going to see things change. Until you do that, you're operating in your own strength. Remember I told you earlier, logical faith versus illogical. Logical means if I can see it, then it's faith. Illogical is God said it, and that settles it. All right. Uh, Dick Roscoe, can you pull us back up for me one last scripture? Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse uh, 2, actually. Verse number 1, and I want to go to verse number 6. All right. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance. It is the accumulation of things hoped for. Let me say it no. Now, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't have to see it to believe it. God said it. I take him at his word. That settles it. Here's number two. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Here's what we got to take away tonight. But without faith, it is impossible. Okay? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now, the Bible says this. When a man ways please God, he makes his enemies be at peace with him. The benefit of having faith, God said, I'll make your enemies be at peace with you. All right? When, when, when you trust God, God's, okay, let me give you, can I give you one more uh, Psalm 84 and 11? All right? Now, watch this verse. I think it's Psalm 84 and 11, Psalm 84 and 7. It's one of the two. It says this. It says, the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord God give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that God said, I give you my checkbook <laughs> when you walk upright. To walk upright means I obey everything God tells me to do. God said, which, you remember how back in the day when your daddy used to have his checkbook in the pocket and be all jacked up back there? 
you know, because he'd been in had it back there so long and, you know, all that stuff there. God says, when you walk uprightly, I give you my checkbook. He said, no good thing will I withhold from you. That's faith. So my question to you tonight is, are you comfortable being uncomfortable or are you comfortable being comfortable? Are you comfortable being uncomfortable or are you comfortable being comfortable? Because if you, the last one, your faith will never be stretched because your reliance is not on God. Your reliance is on you. And the Bible says this, your, it says there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is a way of destruction. You think you got together, God said, no, I blocked that. You think you're going to hustle? God said, no, I'll stop that too. God will make stuff blow up in your face to show you, I told you, don't go down that path. But when your steps are ordered by the Lord, all right, when your steps are ordered, I have to say it like this. Let me use it like this, Dean York. When that baby grab onto your fingers, that baby don't know where you're going to direct him. What does the baby trust? The hands that it's holding on to. All right? That baby trusts the hands that it's on. Whose hands are you holding on to? That's what it boils down to. All right, hey, stay tuned. Again, don't forget our giving. I want to remind you of that. Our giving is critical. I want to remind you that pray. Uh, we've got prayer on Friday from, from noon to 1. You're more than welcome to come and be a part of that. That's number one. Don't forget on Saturday, the Women of Worship will be doing our Operations Dry Bottoms. Again, uh, we are thankful. Again, pray that people that receive those diapers, if they don't know Christ, they will accept Christ. All right, it's part of our mission. We're not asking anybody for a dime. We give so that we can bless other people. At this point right now, Brother Raz, we've given away nearly 5,000 diapers. We're well ahead of the 12,000 we gave away last. We didn't charge anybody a dime. And right now, Dick and York, the, a box of diapers is between $50 and $75 a box. So can you imagine a woman that has an income of $13,000 a year trying to buy a box of diapers for kids that is five months old and that's one year old? That's $140 out of her paycheck. If she's only making $1,000 a month, you do the math. $130, she makes $250 a week. You do the math. So thank God that you give so that we can be a blessing to them. All right. Pray for it this weekend. Again, it is our prayer that God bless you. Again, thanks, Deacon Stewart. Did I get y'all concluding comments? Or I did, right? All right. All right. Deacon, Deacon uh, Stewart looked like he wanted to sing a song, but I don't think we got too much time left. Says Christine, Christine, Christine Jones. All right. All right. Thanks again. Again, Deacon York, Deacon Stewart. Thank all of you that are with us. It is our prayer that God has blessed you. Get the series. If you want to come in and get the notes, the notes are in. They're in the foyer. All you got to do is pick it up. What you'll have is part one of the outline. We've got so much to cover. We just want to put enough out so that you can get it. Start reading it so that you can be with us as we go through the lesson. It's our prayer that God will bless you. We'll see you Friday at noon for prayer. God bless.
all of my 